Hi, well, welcome to the Xbox Award podcast. I'm Tim. I'm Matthew. And I'm Mike. This is going up on Halloween, but we'll try not to be too scary. Although Pellet's wearing some sort of blood-stained shirt today, so I suppose that's quite, uh, quite appropriate. I'm just wearing a, uh, a water-stained shirt. It actually snowed on the way over to the building to record this podcast. It's, it's leaked over on the way over, but Mike decided it'd be all right to wear shorts today. So uh... Yes, times like these, I'm really glad that I cycle to work, really. Yeah, and forget your trousers, of And forget course. my trousers, That's yeah. the added bonus of today. Well, Don't you just hate it when you get in and you've forgotten your trousers? It's the worst thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you just, you just turn out to work and you're standing there in, in your wife-runs. Yeah, in your kecks. It's just comfortable, you know? Just, yeah. Sometimes you've got to let it all... Well, the thing is, out. you want the office to feel like you're at home, don't you? You want to feel comfortable in the well, office. Well, many of the time I've seen you kick off your shoes, Tim. Just, you know, put your feet under, just kick off your that's shoes. right, yeah. And much like you, I just kicked off my trousers, you know? <laughs> Why not? Why not treat yourself? <laughs> so, anyway... Um, we were trying to uh, we were trying to think earlier what we've actually been doing over the last couple of weeks, and uh, the only thing we could really think of was talking about Twenty Four Season Six. Yeah. But we have been playing some games, um, not all of them video games. Not, not all of not all of them. Well, what else have we been doing? Well, we'll come to that in a bit. Oh right, yeah, some war games. Oh yes, 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 yeah, that yeah, nonsense. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll, we'll have a little uh, chit chat about um, about uh, games. We might start talking about twenty four season six uh, if things get a bit thin. Because just and, to fill uh, your re- reason, I'm a bit late to the old twenty four thing. Uh, but me and Mrs. Weaver have been uh, blazing through uh, the seasons, and um, I'm four episodes from the end of season six, and I ain't impressed with season six. Let me let me tell you. But anyway, we'll we'll, we'll maybe we'll maybe talk about about that later. Um, so Pellet, go on then. <laughs> Thanks for not putting me on the spot there. Um, and by the way, uh, readers, I've got a biscuit. I just got to finish off. So if you hear someone sort of munching away in the background, that's me. I'm chewing some gum. So that's massively unprofessional. I had my uh, my nice tasty pasty at lunch. I thought I'd finish it before I came here. I'm just messing around. Go on then, Pallet. What have you been playing then? Uh, I don't know. We've been playing Tomb Raider. Uh, been playing Quantum of Solace as well, mm. and a couple of other bits and bobs for a review. Um, Quantum of Solace first because it's out the same day as this podcast. Hmm. It's not. It's not terrible, but it's just <laughs> massively average in every single it's way. It's no night fire, is it? No Nightfire. It seriously isn't. Nightfire, Nightfire was actually, actually better than this rubbish. one. Nightfire was all right. Wasn't Agent Underfire out before Nightfire? I preferred Agent Underfire, I think. Nightfire had a good multiplayer mode. Seriously good. Good shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Quantum of Solace has a decent multiplayer. I'll give it that. But in single player, I mean, you'd think Quantum of Solace would be about Quantum of Solace, but that's only a third of the game. Mm. It's mostly about Casino Royale. And yeah, I, I, get, I get the impression they were making a Casino Royale game and we've just figured, well, you know, by the time we finish making it, it's going to be in time for the new movie. Make, we'll make the final few levels from the new movie and then we'll be all right. The other problem is that they've ex- it sort of extrapolated out like bits from the, the Casino yeah. Royale into <laughs> rubbish levels. Like, <laughs> There's a brilliant one where you're poisoned. That's right. You, I mean, readers will remember the bit in Casino Royale where Bond is kind of... Um, He's poisoned. They, yeah, he's he drink drink spiked, and his drink yeah. spiked, and he has to go to the car to get the defibrillator or whatever it is. And uh, you might remember in the film that um, that from that point uh, he gets poisoned to the point in the car. There's, there's one cut. Oh no, not in the game. No, no. What what happens is uh, well, Matt, I'll let you explain because it's uh, a real treat. <laughs> there's a cut scene, and obviously he's like, "Oh no, what's gone on? My vision's gone blurry." Uh, and then he stands up, he knocks his glass over. He was sitting in, a, in the wrong seat. If you watch the film, it's the wrong seat. He knocks his glass over, which he didn't do in the, in the film. And then he stumbles away, and that's where you take control. And the camera light goes through, through the hotel to show you where you need to go outside to your car. And then, um, yeah, and then you're stumbling through the hotel, bumping into people, and everyone's going, oh, what's with him? Is he high? What's going on? Just rubbish. And, uh, and yeah, rubbish. You're, you're, you're fumbling through there to get to the car and that's the entire level the whole thing is just dumb I mean I'd, <laughs> I don't want to say that we, we sort of predicted this a few months ago but we did predict this yeah but Games Mag predicts James Bond catastrophe isn't a headline you know it's turning me to drink yeah. I'm telling you <laughs> so we played some Quantum of Solace we weren't that impressed um, and the parkour level is really rubbish especially I guess because we've had Mirror's Edge in the office yeah. as well you know it's it, it's even. It feels even worse going against a game that's that's built around it. Um, I think. I think. I just. Uh, I just don't know why they. I mean, do, 
Activision have got some very, very good developers. I mean, Treyarch, I, I suppose they, they trust Treyarch to turn out a sort of fair to middling game every time. It just seems a bit, I don't know. I mean, you, it's going to sell bucket loads, I suppose. But, I mean, you know, for your first game, you know, your first game in the since getting the Bond license, I don't know. Wouldn't you want to go, like, big with it? Wouldn't you want to get, like, a big but developer behind it? Are they, are Treyarch even capable of going big with it, you know? Exactly, that's what I mean. Why, why wouldn't you get... You know, why wouldn't you get like Infinity, Infinity Ward. Ward? I guess, like you say, that you, you can you can get Infinity Ward working on working on Call of Duty, and it doesn't matter who develops a new James Bond game, it's still going to sell. Bucket, yeah, right? I suppose so. Yeah, and get Terence Badu's uh, gaming incorporator. <laughs> well, that's who yeah. is making it. Yeah. So uh, Tomb Raider, then. So Matt. play Tomb Raider. Unfortunately, we can't really talk about it that much. But the demo's gone gone up. Mike, do you know what level the demo is? I haven't got a clue. Okay, well, we can't even talk about the demo level because we're not sure what one it is. Um, but uh, I will say, in terms of level design, it's you know it's faultless. One of Incredible. the best two mobile games ever, level design wise. Yeah, it's it's really good. I mean, um, you like you you go into an area; they are as big. The areas are as big as you know the developers were saying a year ago. The puzzles are that that huge, um, and you're looking around for ledges to grab onto, and half the time, you, in in the best possible way, you can't tell if if you're looking at scenery. It's just you know background scenery, or if you're looking at stuff that you can it just looks fa- fantastic. Grab hold of. Yeah. Um, it is though, unfortunately, quite possibly the glitchiest final code we've ever received. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know quite what we're allowed to talk about, but I mean, I think that we, I mean, the game will be almost out by the time we come out. Mm. I mean, it'll be, what the, the game? No, the game's out in just under a month from now. I think end of November. Is it? And yeah, middle to end of November. No, um, no, I think you're making that. <laughs> no, middle to end of November. All right. Well, Don't we better us. go easy on the details. But I think it's. I mean, it's fair to say that yeah, the, there are some glitches and stuff in the final code. But it's sort of one of those things of you sort of expect, like oh, day one patch, maybe a few things. Isn't they're not critical um, glitches. It's just kind of every now and again, Lara's animation will go bananas. Yeah, and some of the, the enemy animation is a bit crazy as well but, but then that, that get you down because you should still be really excited oh definitely yeah yeah i mean it looks the bomb and it's, it's much more sort of um like i think you were saying matt that every level is like a really intricate puzzle from beginning yeah it to feels end. like classic tomb raider it feels like uh some francis folly from the first game mm. which is you know uh, a lot of people's favorite level in the whole series where you, you go into this room i think it's um i can't remember but greece i think or so, somewhere like that and it's just this huge, huge room that just drops for, well, I won't say miles because it's blatantly not miles, but there's loads of puzzles like rooms shooting off it. <clears throat> and it feels like every level has that sort of scale, mm. but even more so, they've ramped it up even more. So no, it's really impressive. Can we tell readers, our listeners rather the, um, the secret in the trailer, which, you, which um, IDOS were going on about, saying there's a secret in the trailer, but no one's worked it out? Uh, I, I don't know. I, <clears throat> I would like to point out that when people do figure out this secret, that... I turned to you guys and I said, oh, I bet it's this, before we got to that point in the game. Yeah, Pele, uh, Pele did actually come to us and say, oh, yeah, I kind of worked out the secret from the trailer. And he was right. Was just, pay, just pay attention to the, um, which side Laura's hair is parted on in the trailer. Oh, interesting. I'd, 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 I, must, I couldn't have been privy to these discussions because <laughs> no. I don't, don't remember. Uh, no, I think you were off on some jolly at the time. Yeah, that's just right. Just jet-setting around the world. All those, the jollies, way those, jollies. All those jollies I get to go on. You know what it's like when you're editing a, a world-famous games magazine? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I must stop going on all those jollies. Yeah, all those I'm jollies. having too great a time. No, no, no. That Rob's <laughs> left. It's like, who else is there to go yeah, on jollies except yeah. for Man Weaver? You need to work on your tan, though, Tim. Yeah. Looking a bit pale. Looking a bit white. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Mike, what have you been, what have you been at? playing not a lot really Tim that's good not okay end of podcast cheers they're <laughs> um, playing Far Cry 2 yes yeah you, you were talking about it this morning yeah I love the game it's really really good um, except it's rubbish in almost every way mm. it's like it's a brilliant brilliant game and it has so much you know which annoys me so so much but I cannot stop playing it mm. I woke up this morning and I was thinking you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna play me some Far Cry tonight when I'm done with work I'm gonna play some Far Cry because readers and oh, listeners rather maybe interested to know that actually the amount of gaming which goes on in the office is minimal mm. you're surprised how little gaming you get done in the office so i figure you know chance chance to sit down with a game play a nice bit of fun looking forward to it sit down i'm thinking i'll go and do this and i'll go and talk to this guy and i'll go and run over here and chat to this guy and then shoot some fools over here and do this mission and i'm thinking oh no i really want to do all of that but i've got to go through all the checkpoints to get there and in the game, there's these checkpoints absolutely everywhere, and it's just this like, inevitability to every mission you go on. The missions are actually kind of basic, 
but you know that on the way you're going to hit like a half a dozen checkpoints or maybe two dozen checkpoints. It's like, it just depends on how long your route is. There's no auto-teleport or anything. And you know you're going to hit these checkpoints and there's just, it's just it's inevitable that you're going to have to have the same fight over and over again. It always is the same fight as well. You drive past, you hop out of your car, get on the gun at the back, destroy everybody you've just driven past and then drive on to the next one. And that is just really, really, really boring. Mm. Um... There's other things as well they promised, which I'm sure work, but in their desire to make like a fairly HUD-less game, make everything really seamless, Ubisoft have, haven't really given you the tools to make certain things work. Like, the first Far Cry was actually a really accomplished stealth game. People forget how good a stealth game it was, because mm. it turns into a shoot about halfway through, but the early stages is an amazing stealth game. And I think Far Cry 2 probably is, but it's really hard to be stealthy, because there's no indicator on screen that you are hidden, or, you know, yeah. or how camouflaged you are. So, for example, apparently you can sneak around in shadow and so on. If, there's a, if you're in the shadow of a mountain, you'll be harder to see than if you're in broad daylight. And if you're led down, in, well, crouching in grass, then you're harder to see than if you're standing up. But none of that really becomes apparent because there's no, you have no visual indicator to be able to work that out. And even if you did, the bad guys move around so much that there's inevitably going to be one behind you. Like one of the things, again, with Far Cry, the beauty was you can, from a distance, look at them with your binoculars... And it would start marking on your map where mm. people were walking. And Ubisoft kind of, I can, I can imagine how the conversation went. You know, mm. they were sitting there and they thought, well, you know, we want it to be realistic. It wouldn't be realistic to have these moving blips on the map or these like, little notches on your HUD saying where people are standing at this point. But it would be fun. It would make the stealth, the stealth sections more fun. It would make stealth a viable approach, which unfortunately it almost never is. Your best bet is actually always drive into the camp in a car, blast as many people as you can, jump mm. out run away, hide, pop out, kill some more people, or, you know, snipe from afar. People can spot you from miles away. I mean, Absolutely it, there's a cool away. thing where you can go and scout out, like, the checkpoints. With you get out your monocular, yeah. you look around, and then, like, the, the mounted weapons and where the health is, that, that all goes on your map. But sadly, sadly, that just doesn't happen with the enemies. You just, I think the game just needs more of an indicator to tell yeah. you what you're doing. Right now, you're like a speed camera with, like, flashing lights on top of your head and like here i am guys come and yeah come you, you never you just never know how hidden you are you know and, and it, it could be a, like the best stealth game ever the amount of choices you have when you're approaching any any enemy camp is amazing and mm. far cry already was a great stealth game this one like i say they've omitted so much in an attempt to make it believable it's like they say things like oh yeah you know animals will bolt and um, the AI will now see the animals are bought and they know they wouldn't have run away from any other local animals. So it must be a human, so then they'll come looking for you. Well, maybe that actually is happening, but who cares, because you'll never know that that's what mm. happened anyway. That's, that's never something that's going to be apparent to the gamer. So they've got a lot of tricks which they didn't need, and there's missing a lot of tricks which they did need. But at the same time, I'm going to sit and play it tonight for probably about five hours. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we, we sort of... I mean, there's a lot of big games out this Christmas. I mean, we've talked about them a lot in the mag and talked about them on, on podcasts and stuff. I mean, it's kind of interesting to hear, uh, you know, some of the people are kind of, we're hearing in the office, I'm sort of hearing discussions on other mags and stuff about people discovering Dead Space now, for example, yeah. and stuff, and talking about it. It's quite interesting to hear people I started that again that. last night for my achievements this time. It's the first time I've got it on. But I mean, people my... seem to love it, and rightly so. I mean, it's... Uh, it's, it's done really well. It's game. got, you know, we were the first, well first uh, publication in the world to review it mm. um but you know since our review everyone's well said exactly the same yeah as we, from, as like, we, two strange reviews like yeah. they've all been nines as we stressed at the time you know we we gave it the cover because we thought it was good it wasn't the other way around it, it didn't get the cover and we decided it was good it, no. this is a really solid quality game which i'm looking forward to playing just as soon as matt's done mining it for achievements <laughs> And it's done all right i mean it hasn't like it hasn't like stormed the charts or anything i think it was number six today which isn't bad for a new IP, you know. I mean, it's. Um, I sort of kind of expected EA to get behind it a bit more than they, they perhaps Yeah, you expect the customary EA advertising campaign. Yeah. I think, I think they're ramping up. I went into HMV earlier, and all, you know, they've got the security things by the door. Mm. All of those have got like a dead space wraps around. And right. I think they're really starting to, to get a lot of advertising out there. It's just we haven't seen it up until now. It seems yeah. like uh, they're only starting this campaign on launch day and, and beyond. Yeah, the EA hype train on this one's been real slow. I mean, if you look at the way Ubisoft has handled Assassin's Creed last year, Mm. that was textbook. That game came out and sold like three bazillion copies um, because they'd hyped it up flawlessly from day one. This Mm. one hasn't had the the same degree or quality of hype. Yeah. I think in a way they probably weren't 
Maybe they weren't. I mean, you hear all the noises coming out of EA that, you know, they're investing in new IPs and they're investing in quality and stuff. But I do wonder with EA whether they, they really thought they had such a good game on their yeah. hands, you know. And I, I don't think they were convinced by what... They, they didn't quite realise what they, they had until no. it was almost too late. <laughs> they like obviously EA Rebel Shores like said okay we've done it now. They actually brought the release date forward because they didn't expect it to be done as soon as it was, and uh, and it comes out and lo and behold it's one of the best games of the year. Mm. The thing question. you get is when like a company says you know we've got this brand new IP to announce. What they'll just start doing is calling around you know the, the the games magazines and saying we'd love to you know would you like would you be interested in putting us on your cover. And with Dead Space, it was kind of, it never really happened. They never really did the big rollout. Even when they announced it, it was kind of a low-key announcement. Yeah. We had to almost fight. I mean, I was on the phone constantly with the EA saying, we love this game, we want to we wanna do some yeah. stuff on it. I think, you know, in, a, in, a, in an environment where sequels are, you know, come out year after year after year, I mean, it is, it is more and more, um, there is more of, an, more of a risk attached to, to new IPs, especially launching this time of the year. But I mean, if you were going to have a company behind a game to launch a new IP at BEA with their bags and bags of money. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I am a bit, I'm a bit sort of surprised at the, I mean, I've seen a few, few Dead Space ads, but I, I you know, they haven't been blitzing TV, you know, not that I've been watching tons of TV, but I, I'm like, mm. I'm not, you know, like you just become aware of like, like, uh, yeah, well, Far Cry Two's got quite a lot of TV advertising. Yeah. You, know? you, you flick on any like channel that you know us guys would say watch, and uh, yeah, there's always Far Cry Two ads. They need to do the same sort of thing with Dead Space. It's not on the adult channel, is it? <laughs> I, I I don't know about that. I, I, I don't I don't know about that. I, I don't like women. Um, <laughs> okay, so there's been a few you would sort of a few game, big games coming out, but um, there's also been the last couple of weeks since the last podcast been a few games sort of. Well, I was thinking of one game really, sort of come out of the, the darkness a little bit, and that's Alan Wake. We finally had a trailer for that. What about did you think time. of that? Yeah. Um, I don't know about everybody else, but my I took away one impression from that trailer, and that it was it's trying to be alone in the dark, but obviously better. I mean that trailer just screamed alone in the dark, maybe with a Stephen King twist for me. Stephen King twist? I think it's more than a Stephen King twist. Ruth, that game is the unofficial <laughs> Stephen King game. It must it be set Stephen in Maine. King, the game. Bangor, Maine. It's got to be. It's, it's, it. it's, it's Washington <laughs> State, but it may as well be any, yeah, any main place that he's ever set any book. Because, I mean, it is exactly like a Stephen King yeah, book. Yeah, I think... Same autumnal, murky roads. Yeah, but, I mean, even the story, I mean, yeah. like... He, well, that's he, the thing with Stephen King. He's, a, he, he's got to the point now where he only knows how to write about writers. But, I mean... I mean, similar so in uh, Dark Tower, which is his, you know, his opus, uh, he, he himself is in Dark Tower. Mm. He, he makes, not just a cameo, he becomes a major character in Dark Tower. Imagine writing about yourself like that. It's ridiculous. But anyway... Yeah, um, being Stan Lee. Yeah. But, yeah, it's kind of a strange, it's just a, t- a total, like, I mean, a bit of a... I don't sure we know anything more about the game, really. No, but, every, um, everyone came out after that trailer saying, because um, obviously it was shown in, in cinemas in... Uh, what was it? Finland. Finland yeah. That's right. Well, it, it went online and everyone was like, oh, that looks amazing. Although it's a different type of game. How are they going to hype it? It's almost going to be like, this is our heavy rain. Like, you've got heavy rain coming out on PSC where people don't quite... I mean, they, they kind of know what it is. It's a bit like Fahrenheit. It's, big, mm. it's one really big, seen... long, quick-time event is what heavy rain is. <laughs> but they've not seen an awful lot about it. I think this is going to be our heavy rain. Although, in gameplay terms, it's going to be a completely different genre. Yeah. I think that's, that's where it's going to fit yeah, in. Yeah, like, the, almost like... Um, like a, a, a very much a, a game for grown-ups. Yeah, know. like, hey guys, this is the one reason to get this it's, console. It's not rather than saying, thing. oh, here's an 18-rated game, it's ultra-violent, it's 18-rated, it's going to be like, oh, it's 18-rated because it's a little bit too clever for the kids. The thing that interests me, though, is that, I mean, they talk about, um, well, they haven't talked much, but when they've talked about it, they uh, Remedy talk about how it's going to be a free-form, you know, free-roaming environment. I mean, that's all very well when you've got a massive city like Liberty City with tons of stuff, but I mean, we're talking about a, a, a town right out in the sticks here. You know, Do you have a fear that it's going to be a bit like Just Cause? A little bit. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I was, I wrote, I wrote our news story on it actually while you guys were were out last week, and um, you know, I was doing a bit of research on it, making a few calls and stuff, and uh, it, you know, it seems like they, what they want you to do is kind of concentrate on. What they want you to become familiar with one area of the game, like um, um, by area I mean like a literal area of the game you know, like one area of the town, before you're allowed to move on anywhere else. So it'll be a bit like GTA, I guess, where they close off the bridges and stuff so you yeah. can't get off the island. Um, 
Which is fine, but I mean, you know, we're talking about a small town here, so this town is going to have a finite size. Mm. And I don't know, it just seems a bit... I guess Silent Hill's always set in fairly small But Silent Hill's not a free, you know, it's it's not like free-roaming kind of... I'm not sure I even want it to be a free-roaming game. I'm kind of sick of sandbox games. I'm also done with them. They They always have these... Like some critical flaw which really gets in your way of enjoying the game. I'm also surprised they've even gone down that route because they're so story orientated, the whole thing. You know, yeah. I mean, they're so, they place such emphasis on the story that I'm surprised they even want to go down the free roaming thing. Yeah. I, I, I imagine what will probably happen is that <clears> it won't actually be free roaming in the traditional sense, i.e., you can go anywhere you want and do whatever you want. It'll I be am, an open world, but they'll say, go over here and yeah, do this. Yeah, I imagine go over there and do there'll that. be nothing in areas where they don't want you to go. It's not like they're going to have a bunch of side missions and you say, you know. No. Yeah, and the other thing was Bioshock Two. Sea of Dreams. Dreams. Yeah, thanks for the pre-rendered trailer, Two K, which told us nothing. Didn't really tell us a lot. No, it's a nice way to announce your game, though. Sneaking a little, little sneaky trailer at the end of the interesting, uh, interesting logo. The water's drained and all barnacles on it, and the butterfly coming out. Mm. Like "Mm, overground logo. Yeah, maybe maybe they're going to surface Rapture. It's got to be in Rapture still, it sure I would has. have thought so. I mean, the thing is, is that they've developed this kind of world and this ecology and stuff around this yeah. city. And I mean, the, first, the, the city in the first game was so massively impressive in terms of the way, aesthetically, in terms of the way it sort of evoked this sense of actually being mm. there that I can't see them, I can't see them moving it on No, maybe they are, they are going to raise it like you say, Mike, but... It's a shame if they do that because I loved it yeah. underwater. Yeah, you always heard like the the city creaking, like yeah. almost like the hole was gonna. Yeah, gonna sure. break I don't think anyone's really sure what what to read into there. The, the peaks of sand that are shown on the beach in the trailer. Yeah, but you know it makes sense if they say you know if they were sort of raising parts of Rapture or something. Yeah, but then I always thought it'd be real cool to maybe you know set the set the game a hundred years after the first after the first, and then you can return and find that actually the, you know the city's thriving. Mm. But it's a whole different class of people thriving down there. Mm. So you know, there's no there's no telling what they're going to do at the time. You mean set it after the first game? Oh yeah, rather yeah. Rather than doing a prequel, well, and have the good ending where he saved the little yeah. sister. Yeah, yeah. And then, but then you know, the little sisters depart Rapture. But you know, there's still plenty of people living down there. You yeah. didn't you didn't kill everybody, you know. Mm. There's still plenty of people down there, and maybe maybe they a uh, hundred years on they stop fighting. Mm. Maybe a hundred years on they uh, they've learned to live together, or maybe a hundred years on it's even worse than it was. You know, I think it'd be an interesting thing to look into. It's like when they, it's be a real in, it's interesting bubble to look back into. A hundred years of fictional time after the first game. But then a lot of people seem to be betting on the prequel thing. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. We will see. And quite soon as well. I think uh, we'll be hearing about Bioshock very, very, very soon indeed. Um, so, come on then. You guys might as well tell us about this uh, thing you went to on Friday. Yeah, we went to, um, we went to, shoot, some, we went to shoot some fools. Um, so, okay, let's begin at the beginning. Uh, early in the week, by, uh, Ubisoft contacted us and said, hey, do you guys want to go to um, this End War event we're running at the Warfighters paintball range? Uh, which, like, you know, they're doing a special like, End War-themed event. It's going to be like one of their big new attractions in the new year. Uh, and it's a great it's a great setup they have there already. I mean, they've got an amazing Rainbow Six kind of kill house scenario. They've got these great ghost recon campaigns they do. It's a really, really cool setup those guys have got, and we can't say anything bad about them whatsoever. They, they were excellent all day. Um, but we were contacted and saying, hey, you know, do you want to come and do this Amor event? And we're like, well, yeah, we've been covering Amor quite a bit, and it's, we've been enjoying it quite a lot as well. So we figured, yeah, well, yeah, we'll go along, definitely. And, you know, take, take some photos from the magazine, do some footage and everything. We figured, see people from across the games industry there, and it's going to be... It's going to be pretty good. So we, um, we, we signed up, which was kind of like signing our entire lives away. Um, so Friday morning comes, and we turn up at Waterloo Station. And Matt's come, Matt comes from one way, and I come from another. So we both kind of um, met, meet up at there. And I see him, he's waiting under the big clock at Waterloo. And look around, there's not many people here. You know, it's, it's like, there's at least two, there's two Ubisoft guys there. And, I figure, well, there's not many people I recognise here. I recognise Pellet, obviously. And I come up, and there's some, some dude, he's, ch- he's chatting to some geezer who, um, yeah, I'm not going to get personal. Anyway, he's chatting to some geezer, and um, it, get, it, it's, it's, it becomes apparent that this is the whole group. And there's about six of us. 
So I said, oh yeah, is, I said to the, I was sitting on Twitch and TV stuff guy, I was like, oh yeah, is this it? Because I'm, I'm like, it's, it's more, it's the morning, but I'm animated, I'm going to shoot people. Because like, oh. I mean, normally, uh, sorry to cut in, but no, um, like whenever we go on, a, on an event, usually there's like someone from every major the magazine. usual suspects, basically. You're like, always recognised. People from the other And you'd be surprised, well. you know, people, we get on well with people from rival magazines, everyone says hello, you know, you recognise faces, basically. And you obviously gravitate towards the faces you know, so then you get chatting and then you make more friends along the way. And, it's all fun and games, and what more? What could be more fun and gamey than a game of paintball? So you're in Waterloo. We've had people coming down from Birmingham. We have people coming from all over the place to play, and I say all over the place. I mean like three or four places. Uh, I'm only saying a guy coming down from Birmingham because we have to go up. I'm not going to be insulting anybody on this particular podcast. No, 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 no. no that's Papel, it's giving me the shush, shush sign. sign no, no, time. I'm just giggling. Okay. <laughs> memories. All right. Uh, yeah. And what, and what memories they were. Because if we were, if they were um, uh, promoting Tom Clancy's bus driver, then they'd pull a hell of an event. <laughs> because we sat on a bus for the next two hours and twenty minutes as we were driven out of Waterloo back towards Birmingham. So this poor guy who actually drove past the Warfighters Range on the way had to go all the way back. We're going, we're going, we're going along the road for just an unspeakably endless amount of time. And where am I? We're on the we're on the bus and we're trying to work out where everyone's from. So we've got these two guys from various websites. I'll be damned if I, knew, if I knew who they were on their website. It's not going to be like rude or anything, but let's just say, look, we did TerrenceBadooGaming.com. <laughs> and we, then we got three guys from Ubisoft, me and Pellet, so that's what, four, five, six, seven, and then three guys just from the forums. I think because there was such a low turnout of industry people, they threw it open to the forums so that just like Tom Clancy fans could come along. Just, it, just three people turned out there on the forums. And here's the thing. Um, the guys from the, one of the guys from the forum certainly uh, I'm not going to name anyone's names at all but one of the guys from the forum was by far one of the coolest guys I've run into it when really he was a nice guy he knew a lot about the totally game totally charming well. he knew about the game he was on the ball he was really interested chatting to the Ubisoft guys really interested in chatting to us about you know about everything in the industry it's just like a regular like Joe Punter while you know he, he, he by far of, of the older group came off as the most professional person there uh, so we drive up there two hours 20 minutes get to the event Okay, it's, it's all right. Two hours, fair enough. We're going to shoot people. I don't care because I get to shoot people We today. have a cup of tea. That's all I care about. Today I'm getting to shoot people. We have a nice cup of tea. And you know what? That's a good start to a day. Nice cup of tea, shooting people. No, no, no. Here's what happens. First of all, you have a nice cup of tea. Then you wait an hour for Ubisoft to set up the generator. <laughs> <laughs> because you need a generator to play End War, a game we've had in the office for the last month. And that we've and, reviewed and scored. And that we've reviewed and scored already. So they're like, hey, do you know, do you want to play M War? I'm like, yeah, I'll play Link Up M War against someone. He's like, oh no, 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 and Link Up M War, no, 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 no. This is a, uh, it's a single player M War. <laughs> so okay, okay, and very, I'm not gonna say anything badly about Ubisoft guys because they were great all day, and I got a good story about how great they were later on. But the event was clearly hanging together by a thread at this point. So the generator's running, and we're trying to play End War. It's just like so a game which you have to talk to, and they, they, and, and they did like they did secrete the um, the generator a long way away, but you could still hear it rattling away downstairs. It was the first time I played the game. I, I, I'll just say here, I was really impressed by it, and I had a mic over my shoulder, basically telling me what to say, <laughs> which was really good. I asked him to because I did have a clue. Like, but then, so it wasn't a tutorial. You just and then second mission, Matt took over on his own and was having loads of fun with it. And what's more, Matt had no intention of getting the game until he played at this event, and now plans on playing online with me. It's a great game, and Ubisoft have been representing it well, but this event did not come together for me. They just had bad luck all day. We will say that. The Ubisoft guys had bad luck all day, so everyone at Ubisoft, we had a lot of fun, but the fun was a long time coming, because after everyone sat down and played the game for a bit, and for, you know, for some of these guys, it's the first time hands-on. I mean, they, don't, they apparently haven't been sent code and stuff. I mean, they're not Prince press. I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know. Well, they're fans. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe that has something to do with it. Again, let's not go into that. Um, so we, we sat there for like an hour. I'm just sitting there, just sipping like a drink while everyone's playing because I've played it like a dozen times and I've already played the campaign. And then they're like, "Okay, guys, let's go and get something to eat." I'm like, it, it, "We're not shooting anything yet." I'm looking at my watch. It's, it's one o'clock. We're not going to go and shoot anything. But by this point, like neither oh, of we us were had breakfast. Yeah, we, Matt yeah. and I hadn't eaten at all, so we were separately. Dying. This is we, yeah. we we came from separate places. Oh so. right, I thought you came from the same room. <laughs> no. no, we were snuggling together. No, I was I stayed at my girlfriend's place, and Matt came from Bath. So no, your, your girlfriend Matilda over there. Yeah, that, they, well, of course. Yeah, of course. Is that something you frown upon? No, not at all. No, I, I'm really up, you know, up for it. I yeah. mean, not up for it. I don't know what I mean. Just down for it. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So we go to a pub. 
pub's full. It's one thirty five. That's another half an hour on a bus, by the way. So he gets to the pub, pub's full. That's all right, he can go to another pub. There's one a bit down the road. And by the way, we were in the sticks. I literally I can't even get reception on my mobile phone. I said to Mac, can you get reception? No. no. I'm, all, I'm ready to scale a pylon just so I can send a message out to Tim. Uh, we're, um, I got a message, Mike, loud and clear. Yeah, she got a very, <laughs> very, very, very we clear drove message. Past, a very succinct message. <laughs> we drove past the Eddie Stobart factory. <laughs> we did. That was, that was a highlight of the day. So driving in the bus past the Eddie Stobart factory, the, um, the, the shipping plant, wherever it is. Anyway, we get to uh, another pub. It's empty. I eat. There's a hair that's as long as my leg in the food. <laughs> <laughs> it was friggin' huge. It is a, the longest, blackest hair I've ever seen. Oh, gross. <laughs> but you know what? By that point, I'm like, oh. I, I've eaten my meal. I'm not dead yet, so it's, it's all right. I mean, it's, 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 it's a hair. I'll, I'll live. And hey, at least it was that long. At least you don't have that question when yeah. you get a shorter hair that's true it wasn't, it wasn't like you know short and kind of coarse yeah so look i'm like okay i've eaten i'm looking at my watch it's 3 30 i still haven't shot anyone bear in mind i got up at like eight o'clock in the morning planning on shooting someone and you're on a deadline to get back for video i'm on a deadline live. to get back because i have to go to video games live, which is another story i'll tell in a minute we get on the bus again and drive back and we arrive at the event at like four o'clock and from there on all credit was due. The Warfighters guys put on a great show. It was they were ex- now here's when here's where the truth came out. They were expecting thirty. They needed thirty to run the event they wanted to run. They got ten, three of which were from Ubisoft, two of which were from our magazine. So that's five instantly made up. We had a lot of fun running around shooting people. Um, one of the guys on the other team dropped out because we shot the shit out of him. <laughs> um, or maybe he had like some kind of accident. I can't remember. But um, and his pants. Look, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, we and we won. Yeah, we we would thoroughly recommend if anyone wants to do paintball like this uh, this warfighters thing. It's based in rub, in rugby. Um, I think it's warfighters.co.uk. Uh, they're all Tom Clancy themed. Yeah, um, Ubisoft do some do stuff. With real them. good day. You set up with uh, proper gear. They haven't got it yet, but I think next year for the M War thing, they're ordering in like proper radios armored. and towers and stuff, and again like body armor and everything. Uh, the the event, weapons look real. The weapons do look real. Yeah, it was well, you know, real within a, in a sense, and you know, real enough. And like, we're not going to shill for these guys. We haven't we're certainly not shilling for Ubisoft right now. Uh, it was it was a re- they put on a really good show considering they had such a low turnout and such a it was like you know they were so short handed and everything. It was a, just a really fun event. An hour, tw- three twenty minute games. But basically, just do the maths, because then we had to drive back. Which, and again, this is the way the Ubisoft guys went well out of their way to get me back to London by uh, 8 o'clock. We, we didn't quite make, make it, but they went well out of their way to get me back. Can't we talk about my famous victory? We'll talk about Matt's famous victory in a minute, but just do the maths one second. Two hours, two hours, ten minutes there. Two hours, ten minutes, about two and a half hours back. I think, no, it was longer for us because we got stuck in trip. Mike went back separately. because Yeah, I went back, back with, um, with a, one of the guys from Ubisoft who, um, who, like I say, went well out of his way to get me back on time. Uh, so all credit to him. He was brilliant. But let's just work it out. So, Matt, how long did it take you to get back? Uh, it was close to three hours. Three hours. Two hours, ten minutes getting there. So that's five hours, ten minutes, plus about another four, 50 minutes spent going around. So we'll say six hours of the day was spent on a bus. One hour spent shooting people. That ain't the kind of math Mikey likes. No. I don't like that math. That doesn't sound too good. But that sounds almost as good as uh, one, one trip I went on uh, one time with Konami to see Metal Gear Solid 2. Pretty exciting. They, you know, at the time, Metal Gear Solid 2 for again out. You know, that was big news. Big shit. Anyway, Konami invited us out. Where are we going? We're going down to Cannes. Cannes or whatever it's called down in the south of France. Always well, they have want- the film festival. Yeah. yeah, always wanted to be magnificent all- place. Always wanted to go there. Very excited. Get down there. Hotel's really nice. Very impressed so far. Weather's you know, weather's really nice. Beautiful women. You know, average, massively overrated French cuisine. But otherwise, you know, really, really, really nice. Um, anyway, first little slight problem comes when uh, we get the old. Um, we go out for a drink, the pre- you know, previous, you know, the, the night before we see the game, and we're all having a nice time. And then, as we go back to the hotel, the PR guy says, um, "Yeah, uh, you need to be up at five o'clock tomorrow morning." Okay, so five o'clock. All right. I don't think I've ever seen the clock at five o'clock in no. the morning. I had to get up at four to fly out to Madrid. With yeah, the- oh. <laughs> it's all about Pella, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so five o'clock. All right. Well, I guess I don't know why we've got to do that, but we we do. Five o'clock, set my alarm. Hotel, 
buzz as me, 10 to 5. So they're already taking the piss a bit because I'm, I'm, I consider 5 o'clock to be a bit of a, an insult. But that hotel, Konami have obviously already told the hotel for 10 to 5. So 10 to 5, I'm up. Get on a bus. <laughs> travel three hours to the um, Alps or would it be the Pyrenees? I don't know. Well, whichever, one's, whichever one's closest down there. The mountains, anyway. At winding roads for about an hour and a half. By the end of it, everyone on the bus feels like they want to puke. Get to this car park. Everyone piles out of the car park. Like, Phew, at least we're here with whatever we're going to do now. Back on the bus for another hour <laughs> up the hill. That was a 20-minute toilet stop. So we get to the top of the mountain. And then, um, not literally the top of the mountain, but we're, we're a long way up. We're a long way up, you know. And they say to us, um, right. They hand out these like straps. Right, everyone pop these on. Okay, so there's like these straps that kind of cross at your front and kind of do, and they've got like a little metal tag on the end, like oh, a little no. kind of circular thing on the end. You're like, right, okay. <laughs> and they say, follow us. So we walk for about a mile and a half, I reckon, at really rocky terrain, really tough terrain. And by this stage, most of us are thinking, you know, this ain't the kind of PR jolly I signed up for. But anyway, you get to this kind of um, point and there's a guy up in front saying, right, hi, welcome everyone. Come come forward, come forward. So we, but only in a sing, single file, single file. So I must have been out four or five back. The guy in the front, I can just hear say, oh, no way, no way, I'm not doing that. And what they wanted us to do was click, it was clip onto this line and scale down a mountain, like down the side of a mountain, do some rock climbing. But this isn't like rock climbing like you do down Cheddar Gorge. <laughs> this is like massive, massive drop down the side of a mountain. You've got grown men on the verge of tears, mostly. <laughs> You've got people absolutely, absolutely... Pella, you all right? Pella's just started bleeding from his nose. It's the vertigo. I, I think he's got sympathy vertigo. <laughs> Carry on talking. Oh, man, Pella actually has started hemorrhaging. He's, he, all right, see you then. Sorry, <laughs> He, re- he really is leaving. This isn't some export-drawed, hilarious stunt. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. D- didn't expect that. Didn't, did you expect the podcast to end that way? No, I didn't. No. In, in a, a fatality. It's quite a, it's quite a shock turn of events. Pat started menstruating. Yeah, yes. Mm. So, um, shall I carry on my carry story? On, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, let's keep going. Roll on. Anyway, so we get down the uh, clip onto the, uh, to the thing. and, and every, The thing is, by the time everyone's up there, there's no going back. So everyone has to go down the side of a mountain. So you've got... It is really, I can't underline how truly terrifying it is scaling down the side of a mountain, having done no rock climbing in your life, (laughs) or in fact ever wanted to do any rock climbing. (laughs) Anyway, we get down the bottom by the end of it. Um, You know, most of the blokes are are really like terrified to the point of being really absolutely pale, ghostly. Anyway, Konami sort of round it off with a nice hour walk back to the car, (laughs) (laughs) back to the bus, get on a bus. And you know it's going to be another three, three hours, hours down the mountain. You get to you get back at five, and then they say, "Look, all right, fair enough, fair enough." Um, you know what we're going to do now is we're going to you're going to go and see the game. Finally, uh, I'm not quite sure. I mean, I never really worked out what the whole rock climbing thing had to do with anything. No. I mean, it's not like it's particularly Metal Gear themed. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Two was not really set up aside of a mountain. I don't I don't no. seem to recall. No. Anyway, we uh, we get back to the uh, we, we get back to um, they drive us down to Monaco, and that's just all you think. All right, that's oh, all right. That's yeah. Nice. So they get us on the old bus down to Monaco, <laughs> off the bus. How long on, away was that? That was uh, about three hours. Yeah. Get on the old bus. It's all the same day, yeah. Yeah. It's about five o'clock in the evening now. Yeah. Get on a boat. <laughs> okay, I have a rule against taking boat trips. I've said this to you before. I never do boat trips because once you're on the boat. There's no, no, no getting, getting off. off. Exactly. That boat, it was... <laughs> let's just say that the water was slightly choppy. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of food on that boat. There was no, there was no food on the, on the boat. There was drink, though. Yeah. So people who got a bit tanked up because they'd had no food all day and the water was a bit choppy. So by the end, you had people puking over the side of the boat. <laughs> and, of course, the boat got lost on the way to its location. It was taking us back to Cannes and it got lost on the way... Bearing in mind, Monaco's along the coast from Cannes, so it's not like it's... Go follow the coast. Yeah. Anyway, get back, feel like we want to puke, 8 o'clock in the evening, not had a good time, never got to see the game. Didn't even get to see the game? No, didn't get to, didn't get to see it. 
Got sorted next day for about an hour. There was an hour interview with Kojima the next day. Uh, that was it. Terrible, Mike. So I, I do, I do. Thanks, Konami. Yeah, I do, I do um, <clears throat> have sympathy for your Ubisoft story. Since Pellet's run away, what Pellet was going to tell you is about how in the final game of the day we had to go and search for and find this metal container which we had to bring back, and Pellet was the one who found it and quickly slung it under his arm and made us a Forrest Gump-style sprint back to the uh, back to the base and won us the game. But since he's not here, I'm going to call him a big loser. And oh god, he's just walked back in. <laughs> there he is. Look. Is that better now, Pellet? <laughs> That's alright. Alright. Yeah, you, you feeling alright now? A yeah. bit of a Halloween nosebleed. <laughs> yes, uh, that's what it is. That's what happens when you do a deal with the devil. Yeah. I take it you finish your story now. Finish yeah, your story, and we're just beginning your story. Basically, Matt won the third game. Yeah! The end. That's the end of the story. That's it. But after that, anyway, Ubisoft raced me back to. Because I was in London for the whole weekend, because I get to basically, you know, I get to spend the weekend with my girlfriend who's in London and I also get to cover a load of stuff for us covering Video Games Live and the MCM Expo uh, Nerdfest 2008 which I'm not going to make fun of because I'm a big nerd myself so I was like okay I'm down for that it's Video Games Live and we arrive late because of the Ubisoft shenanigans and they were shenanigans and Matt's still here kind of semi-menstruating next to me um, we we got there. I, I, I met my. Uh, I met with my friend at the um, at the Waterloo again, and we walked over to the expo. And we arrived just towards the end of the first act, and it was really impressive. They were doing like um, Legend of Zelda, you mm. know, the Zelda theme. It was. It's for those who don't know that um, it's a big orche- video games live is a big orchestral rendition of um, various video game themes, and they have a big like video backdrop, and it's lots of nerds turn up and they all dress up, and it's it's big fun had by all. It's organised by Tommy Tallarico, the, the infamous Tommy Tallarico, who um, is—he's uh, a composer. He's done music for a lot of games. He has his own company, and they do music for games. Drives a Ferrari. Bloody drives a Ferrari, and and is incredibly wealthy. Uh, and he was also the cousin of uh, Stephen Tyler from Aerosmith. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise that. Yeah, well, you, you'll find out a little bit later on some little stories about him. Anyway, we um we ha- we sit there through uh through because we arrive like at the end of Act One, so we see Zelda, and then we go straight into um into the break. So we sit there for a while, and you know, it's okay, we're looking around, and there's a curious sense that you're um you are definitely among a group of um. Not gonna say anything bad, because this shouldn't be taken negatively. Because I'm a I'm a huge nerd as well, but you're definitely among nerds there. Evidently among nerds, some of whom are perhaps a little too animated, bearing in mind they're at a concert where you're playing music from video games. I'll say that much. It, you ain't you ain't what you ain't seeing the Beatles or the Rolling Stones up there, you know. So maybe they may be a little too animated. Let's just leave it at that. But uh, are they the sort of people who would do like a YouTube video of like soul dressing up as Soul Calibur characters <laughs> and fighting each other next to a? I don't know if anyone like, would do that. To be honest, no, you'd look I mean, like a friggin' pleb. That would just be. Horrible. What, it? How, embarrassing, it how embarrassing would that be for everyone watching it? Wouldn't it, Pellet? I would, I would guess so. I if, mean, if it would be really embarrassing if, if one of you knocked the other guy into a lake, wouldn't it? If one of you actually took the four into a lake. It'd be yeah. really embarrassing if you were the guy who jumped into the lake. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Dressed yeah. as what character was it? I don't know, some pleb. Yeah. That'd be embarrassing, Pellet. That would have been bad. I bet, I bet you would have smelt for a while after that. Yeah, I yeah. bet you would have. Soggy done. shoes. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. Bet, I bet you would. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So the second act starts up, and it starts off in good form. More orchestral stuff, and they've got this amazing chorus in the background doing all the, oh, all this business. It's great. And then out comes Tommy, Tommy Tallarico. <laughs> he's, got, he's got his guitar with him. I'm like, oh, this has got bad news written all over it. And sure enough, the news was bad. And Tommy comes out and um, he's like, yeah, are you guys, uh, are you guys having a good time? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you're a great, now come on, like, I can't hear you, you're having a good time. And everyone's like, yeah. So Tommy's like, yeah, it's going to get live now, it's going to be some good stuff now. And then he brings out some Guinness Book of Records man to come and give him a, rec- a record for having most, most games worked on. <laughs> <laughs> and never mind, now, oh, just to digress a second, the Guinness Book of Records Gamers Edition, man alive, that is some bullshit. Because look, <laughs> most they, they chocolate have, digestives eating they, while they, playing they, Halo Exactly, they, have a, they had a, a, a Guinness Book of Records, they had a record attempt the following day for <laughs> most people in one place playing Nintendo DS. 
That's like me saying, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to organise a competition, then you have a record. It's going to be a record-breaking attempt. Most people wearing trousers in one place. Let's go. Let's do it. Like, that isn't a record. Most people playing DS in one place isn't a record. Most games sold, fair enough. That's a record. Mm. Running 100 metres in like, in like eight seconds, that's a record. Biggest poo. <laughs> that's a record. That's a record. Most people in one place playing Nintendo DS is not a record by anyone's stretch of the imagination. And neither is most people dressed up in a, a particular outfit, which is another record they attempted. Anyway, Tommy Tarrico gets his record for most games worked on in the game industry. Fair enough, that probably is a record. Tommy's like, acts all surprised. Oh, I didn't know I was getting that, even though the frame was sitting on frigging stage in front of him for 20 minutes. <laughs> so, there out, comes the, out comes the axe. And I'm like, oh, dear, oh, dear, this, this, is, this, is, this can be good. Not Tommy T. And Tommy T, look, he's, a, he's playing, there's some guy playing Guitar Hero and playing guitar, like, they brought a guy up on stage to play Sweet Emotion from Air, Guitar Hero Aerosmith on stage. He had a chance of winning a prize. Bear in mind, last year it was sponsored by Microsoft, so the prize was an Xbox. This year it was sponsored by God knows who, so the prize was a mouse. Like, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Tom. Like, you're only a millionaire. Let me, give me, let me give me a Ferrari. It's a mouse. Yeah, it's a mouse. So, we, um, we're sitting in the crowd. We're, like, we're watching, like, oh dear, that, this is kind of embarrassing, actually, watching someone play Guitar Hero on stage. Tell you what, what kind of pleb would do that? Play guitar on here know, on stage yeah. in front Who'd of everyone. Who'd do that, Matt? I don't know. Who'd do I, that. I don't know. Anyway, he's up on this guy's up on stage, and you know he's a guy's good at guitar here. Fair enough, but he's playing guitar here the way everybody else does. You know, you're just standing there, and you've got to concentrate yeah. on the screen, so you're strumming. You've got to concentrate. You can't really move a great deal. Tommy T is playing along with him, and Tommy T is more is is isn't Eddie Van Halen. He's more Eddie Van Stobel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so first. <laughs> He's up on stage, wailing away on his electric guitar. He runs up to the guy who's playing Guitar Hero, puts his back against the guy, and starts like grinding up oh, no. against him, like he's like he's in Aerosmith or something. Giving it all this, and I was like, when the song ends, I'm like, oh thank God, Tommy Tallarico, your presence has been felt. You can go home. No, nope. rest of the show was enhanced. By the presence of Tommy Tallarico. <laughs> Every single tune from there on out, you name it. Castlevania, Final Fantasy, Halo, Rock to the Max by Tommy T. The Halo theme starts up, right? Oh, he did the Halo again. Yeah, like okay. Last year. Halo theme starts up. He goes, oh. And then the chorus is like really, the acoustics of the building they chose were amazing. Mm. And the actual or- orchestra were fabulous. And oh. It's doing all this stuff. Like, you're like, oh man, this is quite. It's actually quite good, you know. It's like I'm, I'm not a guy who sits here listening to video game music, but at the same time, this is actually like quite impressive when you see it being performed live. Mm. And there's an there's a electric guitar bit in the Halo theme, which you know, comes in at an appropriate moment. That's the key, you see. It comes in at an appropriate moment, so you get that amazing build-up, and then you get the guitar sort of coming in. It's sort of... Yeah. You start hearing it creeping in. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's a good sound. It was written by a composer who's like, you know, paid a lot of money to make that good sound. Performed by an orchestra who paid a lot of money to make that good sound that's on the page sound so good in real life. Tommy doesn't really respect that. <laughs> Did he have it about 20 million decibels louder than he everything was, else? He was like a, last year. We, we, we watched him and we were like, What's he, who's he gesturing to? And you can see him gesturing to the sound man to turn his volume <laughs> up more. So it's going, oh. And then all of a sudden you, have, you hear, <laughs> And like, isn't the guitar supposed to come in about like two minutes from now? Nope. It was, yeah, the whole song was greatly enhanced by electric, <laughs> electric guitar. The electric guitar of Tommy T. Anyway, it was like, he basically, it would have been far better without yeah. the presence of Tom. Tomster. I mean, I know he organized the show and everything, but there's, there's a time and a place yeah, yeah. To, get, to get the electric guitar and wail away. But, you know, at the end of the show, I was able to, as I was walking out, I was able to eavesdrop on the conversation being had by... Um, some poor gamer girl who um, I was, I guess, unfortunately seated next to some some guy who she didn't know, who was in the most patronising and offensive manner imaginable, telling her about how she some of the game choices she had made were wise and how she should definitely play this game and so on. And 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 I I can't imagine that led to the night of awkward yet nerdy sex that he had envisaged. Yeah, and it was right, more. Yeah. Spent alone in his hotel room preparing for the MCM Expo the following day. Yeah, yeah. Which was also a good time. You know what? I've been to enough comic conventions to know what these expos are like. 
I'm a big nerd. I went to comic conventions left, right, and center. But I've never been to a, like an anime and manga convention before, which is, we were there to play Street Fighter, basically. But we look at, we walked around the show floor, and I was amazed how many people were dressed up. And I was also amazed that the, guy, the number of people sword fighting. It's this weird thing that, you know, you get like, you get some guy from Metal Gear Solid fighting against some guy from, you know, Final mm. Fantasy. And I was walking around, and I was also introduced to, um, oh, I'll get to that in a minute. I was also introduced to some Japanese sweets, which I'll tell you about. But we were um, walking around the show floor. And, uh, well, you know, I'm sorry to say my girlfriend was dressed up as well, but hey, she looked good. And everyone's wandering around and all dressed up. And what surprised me the most about this show was these people are all right. These people were, they were good people. Like, you know, you can, you can, you can, throw, you can throw these, nerdy, these uh, nerdy jokes at them and all you like. And yeah, they're a big bunch of nerds, but so am I. We're just nerds in different ways. Everyone was just there having a good time. Everyone was having fun. It was a good show. It's well worth a visit next year. Cool. But I was introduced to Japanese sweets. Tell you what, Japanese do strong sweets. Yeah. Introduced to Pocky, which um, a lot of people, I'm sure, sit and eat, munching away on. It's like they're sitting there, like wistfully thinking, you know, eating this Pocky, it's almost like I'm really Japanese. But um, I wasn't uh, doing that. I was just munching on it because it's chocolatey and biscuity. It's kind of like a straightened pretzel. Right. Dipped in chocolate. It's a delicious snack. You should have the strawberry Pocky. I did have nice. a strawberry Pocky. It was all right, but by far the best was the choco banana Pocky. That was some good stuff. I'll tell you what, if you uh, got access to an eBay account, grab yourself some chocolate banana pocket. You can get it quite cheap on eBay. That's a nice little treat. It's a good little tip, that, Mike. Treat yourself. I hope you did me proud uh, telling Tim how, how I, I won the victory for the team. I did. I did how say I went that. Sam Fisher on yeah, Ubisoft. Told me yeah, I told the story. I did, uh, the, yeah. the readers will attest I did it good justice. I was totally disinterested. No, <laughs> no, that's good. So let's talk about the latest issue, which is on sale now. I'm going to do a little bit of big, big Z up, and then we'll take some uh, reader questions. Um, what we got in the new issue? Gears of War two review. We got Gears of War two. This is out like next week, Fallout. right? This no, is this, this, this one. It's out now. It's out now. Yeah. Oh, I forget. We're recording a, a week behind. Yeah, we're recording it early. Advance, yeah. yeah. So we got Gears of War two review. We got Fallout three review. Far Cry two review. We got a whole bag of reviews. Oh, we got it's a it's a mixed bag of reviews, and Review people may people may be a surprised at which um, which game comes out on top this particular issue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we got Pro Evo. Legendary, Saints Row 2, Midnight Club, some other stuff. You're just going to read from the index now, too. Yeah, WWE Smackdown vs. Raw 2009 palette. We've got it all. L- literally issue. all. Unfortunately, a few games didn't turn up in time for our deadline, so we've given them, um, we've been pretty honest uh, with them. I mean, we, well, some turned up, but too late in the day, uh, so we've, we didn't feel we had enough time with them, or some didn't turn up at all, or some turned up in preview form, but not in final code form and unlike some mags we don't review from uh, from unfinished yeah, code yeah there, there are a couple of magazines out there right now reviewing stuff they've just pulled off a partner net yeah which actually um, is a real bad thing to do because a lot of it's beta code mm. uh, for example someone reviewed Braid months before, a couple of months before we did uh, based on very very early code which didn't even have an ending on no and it had some different levels that Jonathan Blow changed yeah some levels were completely changed in the final release so we do have, uh, we're going to take quite a snooty superior tone over that actually, we do wait, and in this case we didn't actually put a score on uh, Call of Duty no. um, 5, even though we played it through to the finish. So we've got a bit of Call of Duty, um, we've got a reviews Mageddon, uh, we've got um, some verdicts on uh, Mirror's Edge, um, which uh, Michael, uh, Rob actually wrote. But, yeah, I did the review, Mike, but Rob did the preview. Both, both Mike and Matt have uh, played it extensively. Uh, we've got um, Quantum of Solace, um, in fairly... We've talked about that earlier, but yeah. I mean that fairly reiterates our point on it. Um, oh, we got all sorts of bits and bobs. Pellet gives uh, Prince of Persia a bit of a face stoving. Yeah, people are going. To, people are going to be surprised when they play Prince of Persia. I think we talked about it on the last podcast, didn't we? I don't know. We didn't do the last. Yeah, podcast, Matt, Tim wasn't here, but I think we mentioned we mentioned it on the last podcast. People are going to be unpleasantly surprised. We think by the new Prince of Persia. Um, We've got Batman Arkham Asylum exclusive. We've got some exclusive shots, a load of exclusive info. Definitely worth checking out, especially yeah. if you're a big comic We threw through our roving reporter in London, old Kieran Gillen at that. Yeah. Um, and Mikey Mike does a job on the community section, as usual. Um, you can see Pellet's... Uh, Pellet's oh, actually, I'm not sure there are any of his, his smiling face in this uh, WWE feature. No, although I did put on my uh, wrestling mask for the reviews intro. I'll tell you what, though. The old wrestlers, they don't look uh, that good in real life, do they? Those women look rough as. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mickey James was nice in real life. Kelly Kelly wasn't bad. 
I'm not too keen on candies, Michelle. Mickey James look we've, we've done the old flipsy cover this month. We've got, uh, we've got Gears on the front and WWE Smackdown versus Raw on the back. Uh, with uh, lovely Maria looking quite delightful. And um, we got a bit on Halo 3 Recon. Uh, Ten secrets revealed from the trailer. And uh, yes, definitely it's a great issue. Worth checking out. Um, your, your normal free, uh, free uh, la-dee-da stuff with it, which is the uh, tips book. Yeah, you're, um, you're, and you're of course, free, sh- sh- la dee The great DVD which Pellet puts together. And we've got a Midnight Club we've mag got as well. A Midnight Club mini mag as well, so it's uh, definitely worth checking out. It's in shops now. It's in all good news agents and some rubbish ones too. <laughs> right. Across the world, we should mention as well. Oh, it is, yeah, yeah. If you listen to this in uh, the United States of Armenia, America, or uh, Australia, you can pick uh, you can pick up the mag then now and uh, we advise you to do it we'd love to hear from you if you've uh, we've had a few uh, american readers write to us and we really like to to Want hear some from australian you guys. readers and we uh, often we've hear had a couple of australian readers yeah, yeah but... we often hear that they struggle to find our magazine but please do look for it we yeah. we are we 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 like having readers over there it's become... and we're sorry you can't get subscriptions we are working on it it's becoming you can um, help us. it's becoming um, more uh, available in australia so it shouldn't be such a problem for you guys to find it down there um, in America, it's uh, Borders, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. Those are the places to look for it. Mm. Crack on with the questions. We've got one from Clover7, who said, uh, on an earlier podcast, Mike um, reckoned he put some money down on the fact Endwall wouldn't recognise his accent and it, it would only understand posh people. Um, and, in, and Clover wants to know if that's the case. Well, I, I've been the one reviewing it, so... I can I can pretty much say fairly say that if I ever did say that I was wrong. You uh, you said the only thing that it had trouble with was you saying alpha. Yeah, well, it struggles with one word with me, and it struggled with one word with Matt as well. It's when I same. tried it at the event, sometimes when I said alpha, it would uh, recognise it as Bravo. Both, so I just both Matt and I say enunciate the A. Say alpha is sort of like an alpha, kind of like that. And if you say alpha, it does it recognises it as Bravo sometimes. So I had to say alpha, and we could do a hard A. And as soon as I said that, it was fine. So not only is um, End War uh, fun, it's also educational. Mm. It's teaching me to enunciate, you, yeah? enunciate correctly. You to speak proper. Yeah, to speak proper like what I do. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, I, I don't have a massively strong accent, but we tested it against a few people's accents. We just tested it against a Scottish accent. Yeah, Flaming Scotsman within, was in touch, and it worked fine with him as well. Yeah, we t- yeah. even tested it against a French accent speaking English, and it understood a lot. It's, um, I think it's testament to the to the technology they use I mean it's pretty yeah, impressive I think it's like it's like proprietary technology it's technology they bought in but it's incredible tech I mean mm. truly incredible tech and it does work but what you'll find you'll, you may be surprised to find is that when you do play the game you won't play it entirely with your voice you'll be using like what I tend to do is if I'm in control of a unit I'll just use the buttons to control that unit someone on the other side of the battlefield I'll control them by voice and it gives you so much more flexibility because you can be doing two or three things at once, which normally would be the realm of like a PC game where you've got everything hotkeyed. It's a, it's a great game. People are going to be... Unfortunately, that was one of the games where the code came in late. Mm. So we don't have a review in time for release. Um, we'll talk about it on the next podcast because it's out the same day as Gears of War. And while everyone else is playing Gears of War, I think it'd be nice to talk about M-War mm. because N-War needs to be a slow burner, I think, because certainly on day one, everyone's going to be picking up gears. Ubisoft have really sent this game to die. Yeah. And I know what they're thinking. They're thinking the same thing Sega did with Sega Rally last year. They're thinking, well, you know, Gears of War is going to be a big game. Why don't we uh, release our game alongside it? And then everybody who doesn't buy Gears of War, everyone who's not into shooters, will have a game to get. And their game would definitely be End War because nobody else would be crazy enough to go up against Gears of War on that the same, same day. Guitar Hero World Tour, which is uh, what, what, one they, of the what they don't, games. what they forget is that on the 360, there's nobody not getting Gears of yeah. War. You know, it's there's just so, so few uh, people not psychotic. There's so few people not getting Gears of War. It's just like there's so few people not getting Halo last year. Mm. That it didn't work for Sega Rally and it won't work for them. The only hope they have is a slow burn, yeah. which, which makes it almost a good thing that our review is coming out later. Yeah. And it means we will be talking about it on the podcast because it is an extraordinarily impressive game. It's a very good strategy game. And once you get over the gimmick of the voice control, it's still a good game. I'm not even sure that it is a gimmick. Like, I, I totally was convinced it was going to be very gimmicky. But I think it works so well. It works better than you know, I could possibly have imagined. Like you said, you can multitask. Yeah. There's no way that you can do that on a console with any other sort of control setup. No. Once you get the thing is, you'll get over the voice control within an hour. You'll play it. You'll be, and it becomes so natural. At first, it was almost like magic, but after about an hour, you'll just be used to so used to doing it 
that it won't be an issue anymore. And at that point, you'll be wanting a game. Mm. And End War really does have it. It's The best comparison I think I could get is Advanced Wars in real time. Mm. And everybody should instantly know what a good game Advanced Wars is. To play it in real time with this, this very fun way of controlling it, it's a really good game. We'll talk about it more next time. We'll, we'll make that clear. It's better than Battalion Wars, which is Advanced Wars. A lot, be- lot better than Battalion Wars. <laughs> Uh, nothing like Italian Battalion Wars at all. Um, Battalion Wars has got a great deal in common with Advanced Wars. This one has a lot more in common with Advanced Wars. It's got things in common with Command and Conquer, things in common with um, Cannon Fodder, things in common with Warcraft, lots of things taken from other games. Ubisoft have been very happy to talk about the things they've taken from other games as well. Uh, it's it's, it's a mishmash of lots of different good bits, and it's become its own game as a result. Shame about the lack of Easter eggs. No deploy... Tom Clancy. Yeah, I like to deploy some Tom Clancy on the field. Have Tom ride out in his tank because uh, Tom does yeah. have a tank apparently. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he just ride out on the battlefield in his tank. He could be like the you know, the the hero unit. Mm. Right, Ollie wants to know, Mike, all the information on Street Fighter Four. That's a lot of information. Let's keep okay. it short and sweet. Okay, I've played it lots. Uh, I, I think I've been, I'm the only one in the office who's played it. Um, I'm playing it basically. I played it at Leipzig pretty much constantly. And I'll say this: it's Street Fighter Two, with very smooth animation, the great new saving system. The um, God, I forget what it is, the focus attacks rather. Uh, console version's got there's lots of new characters. We know Cammy's going to be in there. We haven't seen her yet, but Sakura's in there. Dan, Fei Long. You've got, uh, you've got Sheng Long as well, who's um, in the arcade version. Akuma's in the arcade version, both recently unlocked. Everyone's sitting here like, like pulling at threads in their shirts and stuff because they're not interested in this, this at all. But <laughs> in front of the end, it basically, it might just t- take it as this. It is Street Fighter. It is coming to consoles. We're hoping. Tim's fallen asleep. We're hoping by about February. February seems the most likely date at this point. We will be covering it constantly until release because... At the MCM Expo, it was the highlight of the show floor. Everybody, it was, wasn't so much a, a queue as it was just a scrum. People were, and it was the most rammed part of the floor of the entire event. Marvelous G wants to know what series have been uh, milked past its best. Something like Tony Hawk's, obviously. There were loads of Tony Hawk's games. Uh, Guitar Hero as well. I think they were cutting it, but fine with uh, Aerosmith. Obviously, there's going to be Metallica coming out, or oh, the whispers are Guitar Hero Metallica is going to be coming out as well. Uh, anything else? We've got Spyro in the office. In fact, Jem's not here today because he's playing Spyro for review in the office. And although, you know, some people might giggle, the, the first couple of Spyros back on the original PlayStation were really, really good. And It well, and Crash latest, have just gone downhill. The latest so. one's supposed to be quite good. We're hearing good things about it, but, um, I don't know. Memories have been spoiled a bit by, uh, by, like you say, a succession of rubbish sequels. Um, oh, man. I guess it. I guess. I guess it's never ever gonna not be uh, not be made. But um, like the Bond, the, a Bond series of mm. games. I mean, as just. I mean, as we saw with Quantum of Solace. I mean, unless you get a developer of some note on it, we're, it's just going to be a series that's that's devoid of all ideas, um, and well past its sell by date. That would be my take on it, anyway. I'm coming up short, to be honest. You know, I, can, I can't think of a series, but I could do with less games that are prefixed with the name Mario. Mario Golf, Tennis, yeah. Football. Mario Party. Party. You oh, make... just the Mario Party series. Oh, Mario Party yeah, was that... on it now, 8, and there's a DS yeah. one as well. That is a series which... And that's, that, that game was the pioneer of Nintendo Fairness as well. Nintendo Fairness is that, that, that unique brand of fairness where... The worst player has as much chance of winning yeah. as the best player. Yeah. It's the old purple shell phenomenon, you know? Yeah. You're out in front, you're like, yeah, I'm winning because blue I'm good at sh- this game. Blue shell? Blue shell. Yeah. It was purple. It's blue. It's purple. It's, they call it a blue shell, but the thing's purple. Blue. Uh, it, purple. Blue. Anyway. Blue. It, blue. It, uh, it's, yeah, blue shell. <laughs> I'm just going to leave. I'll just sit here. It's, blue. it's blue shell. Call it quits. I, I, I quit. Okay. That's my notice. Last right. question from Randy Tandy. You want to know what's the first? What's Randy the first? Tandy. <laughs> what's, name? what's the worst video games concept we've come across? Perha- darts, perhaps. I, I don't like darts. I reviewed it for Endgame. I think Rob did it for us. It's a pretty bad game. But out last week, how about a bit of, for 40 quid, a bit of Monopoly? I was going to say <laughs> Monopoly. I was going to yeah. say Monopoly. Monopoly is a game which takes like three hours to play if you're lucky. Yeah. Uh, is only fun because you're actually at the table playing with people and you're getting, yeah. you're getting smashed while you're doing it. 
and you're moving your little pieces around the board. This game has, is Monopoly, which, as we said, takes forever to play. It costs 40 quid. Twice the price, yeah. Twice the price, at least twice the price. No online mode. None. So you basically you can only play with people in your house or against bots. And playing against, playing against bots in Monopoly? I don't know about you, Tim. I don't really fancy that. No, I don't fancy that at all. So you, you might as well just set up the board. Like, have, have that tactile sensation set up the board. Yeah. You, don't need, you don't need like a funky 3D board on the screen. 40 quid, Tim. It's a lot of money, Mike. That but is a lot but of you money. don't get achievements for playing it at home. No, no wonder you don't like it. So what was the question again, sorry? Worst, worst video games concept you come across? Friggin' singing games. Singing, yeah. 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 I can do without that. I, no, no, I understand they've got their place, but it's not for me at all. No, but dancing games as well, that's not for me either. Mm. So, no. You know I what can't else? Really, I can't really think. I agree about Monopoly. I don't really see the, uh, the point in that. And games where you shoot things as well. I've always what, hated what's the Monopoly point? as well. Uh, I don't really enjoy the board game, even. About, about driving games, not very good, are they? Shooting games shoot where you up. shoot things. I don't like shoot 'em ups. No, I just I hate I hate them. I Why hate do you hate things. Monopoly? I just I don't know. I just don't enjoy it. I just it's no you know you know it's just like a subjective thing. You know? I just don't think it's it's just not it's not fun. So what, what six out of ten? I'd give it a five. Give it a five. Yeah, plain average. What what, what game are you about? I yeah. like um, risk. A bit of risk. All risks are strong. Yeah. Game. I never really, really played risk. Oh, sadly, I never had a copy. Because it, it came out after you were born. Perhaps. Before you were born, rather. Perhaps. I mean, you'd like a bit of Risk. It is a good game. Anybody sitting at home thinking, what should I do tonight? Play a bit of Risk. Yeah. I like what, a Risk board costs 25 quid. Can you believe that? That's why I said about Monopoly being twice the price. Yeah. I bet it costs about 20 quid 25, to get a Monopoly. Uh, 25, I think. So. To get a Monopoly, which is outrageous. <clears throat> yeah, it's always it's just a bit of old cardboard and some plastic bits. Yeah. I can't think of any other board games I like. Bit that's, of Triv is all that's right. That's though. Look at like, things like Warhammer. They're just like a little, little plastic bits. I mean, how cheap must be those things be to make? Yeah. Man, Sick, isn't it? Those, those plastic figures would be worth more melted down in terms of plastic forks. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions? And Matt? on that bombshell. <laughs> no, that's it. That's, that's it. it. That's the questions this week. Well, thanks for listening. Um, thanks for listening to Mike talk about his, uh, his experiences this week. And, uh, thanks for sticking with me as I nearly died. And, yeah, uh, all the way through the day, Matt was like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad you turned up, Mike, to be honest. I nearly, I nearly wasn't going to. And he was like, I'm so glad you're here because now it's like this, this could have been the day from hell and as it was it was a shared day from hell I I, uh, obviously my went back separately but I did have a nice conversation with a couple of guys going back uh, one from some website and one from Ubisoft so so that was alright yeah uh, yeah made some some friends Mm. shot shot some enemies shot some friends too shame Matt wasn't on the other side really yeah Um, could have gone for a few buttock shots yeah I could have I could have won the game for that team instead okay bear in mind Matt like flukily finds a box no, did, did you flukily when I Sam Fisher around the tank and fluke, shot someone in the... Flukily right, finds a box, runs back to the base, going all the way... <laughs> giggling <laughs> That's like a pretty a close representation of how it was. <laughs> I'd never run so fast. I would have, uh, I would have overtaken Bolt if he'd been there and, uh, with my bolts nearly breaking Yeah, I, the thing is that all of a sudden someone shouted, the game's over. I don't even know, I don't even know if it was even close to being over. Because Matt was so I, I, so lightning quick off the mark. I do believe you actually, Matt, running at full pelt. Because when we were uh, cro- when we were coming up here just now to, to record this podcast, started sleeting outside and uh, Pellet, man alive, I think Pellet thought it was turning into a race because you and me were sort of jogging to try to get caught into uh, caught in the rain too much. He absolutely belts it past. Yeah, it has to be first to the door. Unbelievable. He's just right. so competitive all the time. He's running along, bat- battering down doors like he's in Mirror's Edge. Knocking down old ladies yeah. on the way. <laughs> what, a, what a jerk. Anyway, um, thanks for listening to the podcast this week. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. And uh, if you've got any questions, then whack them on the forum or email them to us at xbw.futurenet.co.uk and we'll uh, endeavour to answer them. Um, otherwise, uh, we hope to see you soon. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye, everybody.